0: This is our first session on 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power and with signs and wonders, in the service of a lie, and with all deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the love of the truth that they might be saved. And on account of this, God sends them a working of delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Father, there are few passages in the Bible that are more insightful for us than this one in penetrating. To the very nature of what it is to believe and how it relates to taking pleasure and how truth and unrighteousness relate to each other. This is a very dense, glorious word from you to us. And I ask that in the sessions we take to do it, you would open our hearts and our minds to it in Jesus' name. Amen. We pointed out last time. That Paul is rewinding, as it were, his tape and starting over the coming of the lawless one. Well, in the preceding verse, he's dead, right? And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So this is over. He's over. Now, what is Paul doing here? The coming of the lawless one is this way. And here's what I think he's doing. Remember, as the chapter began, the problem was that the church was being quickly shaken from their mind and alarmed by some false prophet or spirit, some spoken word, some letter that pretended to be from Paul, to the effect that the day of the Lord had already come. And Paul's answer to that was no, no, no. It hasn't come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless and then two things. The rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now I think verses six through eight, or I could you could say four through eight really, describes this right here, the man of lawlessness coming, and then he's dead here. And Paul goes back and picks up this. So, he has accounted for now and explained something of the coming of the man of lawlessness until he's dead. And now he's going to explain what he means by the rebellion comes first. And the dynamics of this rebellion, or another word for it is mystery of lawlessness here in verse seven, the dynamics of that is opened here in these verses. So, that's why I think he's going back and starting over again. The coming of the lawless one is. This way. So it's not careless. He has two things to do namely, to account for the man of lawlessness coming or being revealed. And then, secondly, which we take up now, the rebellion, the apostasy, the falling away, the deception, the mystery of lawlessness that prepares the way for the man of lawlessness. And isn't it remarkable that within words, just two or three words, The coming of the lawless one correlates with the word just before it in verse 8. The lawless one's going to be killed and brought to nothing by the appearance of Christ's coming, parousia in the Greek. And the very next phrase is, and the parousia, same phrase, of the lawless one comes this way. So I pointed out before that the revelation that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed and then in the next set of verses he is revealed in his time and then in the next verse revealed so three times it talks about the revelation of the man of lawlessness and now it's talking about the coming the parousia Of the man of lawlessness. And both of those words, Revelation, back in chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord Jesus will be revealed, now correlates Jesus and the man of lawlessness. In other words, he is a real anti Christ, he is a substitute Christ as he comes. So the coming, the revelation of the lawless one is according to the working. Of Satan with all power, with signs and wonders in the service of a lie. Pause over this word working. The coming of the lawless one accords with, is in sync with, the working of Satan. That word working here correlates with the working of the mystery of lawlessness. The mystery of lawlessness, verse 7 the mystery of lawlessness is already working. Only he who restrains it will do so until he's out of the way. And now we see that the mystery of lawlessness, which I think he's unpacking in these verses, starts by saying that the lawless one comes in accord with the working of Satan, and then it occurs again here, on account of this Unbelief and failure to love the truth, God sends a working of delusion. So if you were to ask me, what what is the mystery, what's mysterious about the mystery of lawlessness? Because the word mystery in Paul refers to something that has been hidden and now is being revealed. What's been hidden and what's hidden is that. The lawlessness that is spreading and intensifying toward the end is both a working of Satan and a working of God. Very few people can see that as they analyze the contemporary scene when the end comes. Satan is a hidden reality, God is a hidden reality, and Paul is revealing the mystery that the lawlessness that is intensifying in the world is owing to the fact that this lawless one is according to or in accord with Satan's working, and then God kicks in in his punitive response by saying, okay, I'm going to buttress that delusion with my own working. One more thing before we stop this episode. Look at Matthew 24, 24. False Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. The reason I cite this is to show that the signs and wonders are real. Jesus doesn't say they fake it. They do it with smoke and mirrors. False prophets are going to work real signs and wonders. So when it says here, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and with signs and wonders, they're real. Satan is enabling the man of lawlessness to work miracles. That's what it says in Revelation 13:13, And those miracles are in the service of a lie. So you can't, Decide on what is true by whether it is supported by signs and wonders. Get that. Because signs and wonders are used to support the truth in the book of Acts, but it's always signs and wonders plus something more. Let me end with this. Here's Deuteronomy in a kind of paradigm of how we should deal with false prophets who do signs and wonders. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass. So this is a prophet, a dreamer of dreams, and gives you a sign and wonder, and it comes to pass. And if he says, if this prophet, this dreamer says, let's go after other gods, In other words, he's a false prophet. He's a false dreamer, and he's doing signs and wonders, which you have not known, gods which you have not known. And let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And that's going to become very, very relevant here in this text as we move forward, because the lie that these signs and wonders are serving in the hand of the lawless one, the man of lawlessness, they come with all deception of wickedness for those who are perishing because they did not welcome a love for the truth. But that's for next time.